Anbu Legacy. Take the Mask. Anbu Trials, Part 8. A Naruto fanfiction written by Kalerki, Nezumiko, DK, and Gunmetal. Read by God of Laundry Baskets. Summary. Kakashi and Ryama take their oaths and confront the reality behind Anbu's dark reputation. April 19th, Yondaime, Year 5 The night before Oath Day, Kakashi didn't sleep. He hadn't had mission-related butterflies for years, and he didn't now. These were tigers chewing on his spine. Excitement with teeth. Intense overthought. Not fear, exactly. He wasn't afraid. Maybe, for once in his life, he was actually ready for something. He left the skeleton crew boxes of his packed apartment when the moon was still setting and went to the Hokage's monument, picking out a seat on the stone spikes of the Sandaime's hair. When dawn came, he had a perfect view. Tuesday was Fire Day, the namesake day of Fire Country, and someone had given nature the message. The sun rose in a blaze of orange and gold, draping Konoha in molten light. The river glittered. The forest swayed in a warm eastern breeze. Even the heavy crags of the carved Hokage's faces looked less severe. And Kakashi was late. Shit, he said and ran for it. He was the last candidate to arrive outside the Hokage's office, and the only one not dressed in Anbu armor. The quartermaster was waiting for him. Finally, said Morita, and yanked Kakashi into a side room. After all this work, if you'd stood me up, Hidake, I don't even know. I was... Don't care. Strip down. Nakedness and the quartermaster seemed to be a theme. This time, Kakashi didn't argue. He yanked hastily out of his jonin blues, dropping them onto an indicated chair, and accepted the sleek black underpinnings. They felt like cool silk against his skin when he pulled them on, but with the deceptive strength of woven steel. The shirt was reinforced at the front and back, making him stand straighter. The pants came with black leg bindings that went from the knee down to a pair of dark reinforced boots. Long, fingerless gloves were last, cinching securely at his biceps with a metal plate curving over the back of both hands. It was the most well-fitting thing he'd ever worn. Armor now. Put your arms out. Kakashi did as ordered, standing like his own namesake. Morita strapped the ambu vest on first. It almost felt like a jonin vest but heavier, sturdier, with flexibility built in via articulated plates hidden beneath the tough cloth. Stretching panels down the side allowed for breathing and easy movement. Arm guards went on next, laid along his forearms from wrist to elbow. Then knee guards made in the same tough but flexible style as the vest. A thigh holster, a sturdy utility belt with more pouches than a typical Jonin's belt, 
to replace the pockets an Ambu chestplate lacked. A standard-issue Kodachi went at his back, hung at a cross-angle from the belt. Morita tugged a loop hard, making Kakashi take a steadying step backwards. You can put a tanto here, he said, in the small of your back, or I can alter it if you want to have it between your shoulder blades. Kakashi blinked. Thank you, he said. Yes, whatever, said Morita briskly, and slapped him on the butt. You're done. Get out there. Kakashi jolted like a startled horse, but went when Morita flapped at him. The armor felt strange, but comfortable, like something he could get used to. When he walked back into the waiting room outside the office, there were less people. Only Fukui Ayane, stern and pale-faced, Shibata Hakone, the son of the T&I commander Kakashi had learned, and Ryoma, who managed to look both leaner and taller, somehow, in the white and black lines of Ambu armor. No one had a mask. That must come later. Fukui, Shibata, Kakashi murmured with a nod. Then, to Ryoma, idiot. Ryoma grinned, or at least bared his teeth. We're at nicknames already. Not today, Ayane said sharply, glaring at both of them. Hakone's face didn't change. If he noticed them, he was doing an excellent job of not caring. Right, sorry, I forgot, said Ryoma, unrepentant. Today is a day for solemn ceremony. He crossed his arms, tucking his bandaged hand underneath, and tapped his good fingers restlessly against his bare biceps. The bandage was smaller today, less of a club, more of a glove. He must have had another healing session. The cut at his temple where Akiyama's scalpel had sliced was already half-faded to a scar. Medics didn't usually bother with the small stuff, but someone had made an effort for that one. Kakashi couldn't blame Ryoma for wanting it off his face. Behind Ayane, the Hokage's doors open. Sagara stepped through, fully armored and masked, and looked at Kakashi. You're late, she said with death-kneeled judgment. I was... I didn't ask, she said. Follow me. Good luck. Ryoma mouthed, abandoning solemn ceremony to be a ridiculous human being. If she'd have been here, Rin would have done the same. Kakashi folded that thought up, put it away, and followed on Sagara's heels. The door slid closed behind him with a final click. Standing in front of the desk, backed by the rising dawn light shining through the bank of mirrors, Minato was every inch Konohagakuru's fourth Hokage, the man dressed in unburning flames. He ducked his head slightly, a shadow falling across his face, and then Kakashi could see the teacher he knew, proud, excited, and a little sad. You grew up, Minato said quietly. Kakashi felt his mouth tug. You made me. Well, you were kind of a brat when you were ten, Minato said reflexively, which couldn't be a part of the standard Ambu oath. 
He reached behind him without looking and picked a white curved mask off the desk, holding it so Kakashi couldn't see the face. Kneel, candidate. Slowly, Kakashi settled onto one knee, planting his right fist on the sun-slanted wooden floor. The Special Assassination and Tactical Squad is neither Konoha's oldest division nor its noblest, Minato said with a conversational air, and Kakashi realized this wasn't a prepared speech. This was just Minato laying out the facts like he always did, grounding the extraordinary in regular context. Even inside the village, Ambu are feared more than they're respected. Citizens of our own village still call them baby killers. Some Ambu have earned that title under my command. You may. He paused. I have given those orders personally. Every order the Ambu receive comes through me. Sometimes the command is to protect the village, or conduct a high-risk mission into enemy territory, or to assassinate an exceptionally strong ninja. Sometimes it's to sustain the village life's blood, to accept a mission so foul I can't offer it to the regular forces, to work for a client whose motives and methods are reprehensible but whose coin will feed and protect our children. You've accepted the first kind of mission and excelled. Can you accept the second? Yes, Kakashi said without hesitation. You've made a name for yourself, Sharingan no Kakashi. Minato's voice warmed with a smile Kakashi couldn't see. And for Obito, I don't think you'll have any objections to an additional mask, and you've never been a glory hound. But once you swear the Ambu Oath, there's no glory to be had at all. You'll work as a member of a team, and the barest rookie at that. You'll obey your captain's orders, you'll support your teammates, and you'll damn well get along with them on mission and off. There are no lone wolves in Ambu. So be warned, Kakashi heard. Kakashi nodded, silver hair falling into his eyes without the hitayate to hold it back. Minato sighed very softly, and the mask turned over in its careful, clever fingers. Take the face you will present to the world and swear your allegiance. It was a lion dog. The flat, muzzled face was painted in black and scarlet lines, with a curling mouth and slanted eyes. Two streaks made whisker-like marks at the cheeks, and sharp little ears lifted up at the temples. The eyes were cut wider than the other mask Kakashi had seen, to accommodate the Sharingan, he realized. The left eye hole had a thin black mesh stretched over it, completely opaque, but he could feel the subtle hint of chakra in it. The last thing was the only thing about it that made sense. Why red? Why not just a wolf? At least it wasn't a cockroach. He took it carefully from Minato cradling the light ceramic polymer weight, and felt Sagara step up at his back. She leaned over him, put her hand over his hand, and brought the mask to his face. The mesh will burn away with the thread of lightning chakra and the bird seal, she said quietly. There should be self-adhesive replacement patches in your gear. See the quartermaster when you need more. 
There were black straps fixed to both sides of the mask. He held still as she tied them firmly behind his head. The world narrowed slightly. His breath curled back against his face. Repeat after me, she said, letting go. I am Hitake Kakashi, Ambu. I have no face but this face. More face than he'd ever shown before. He repeated it. Steady voice. I have no heart but the heart of Konogakuru. That had always been true. Kakashi repeated it. I have no will but the will of my Hokage. Softly, Kakashi said it. Konoha had forged him. Minato had sharpened him. Anbu would use him. Kakashi just had to get out of his own way and let them. Minato laid a hand on his head, one thumb resting against the edge of the ceramic ear. This wasn't the familiar hair ruffle Kakashi had learned to tolerate, then secretly appreciate. This was the weight of a leader accepting new fealty, and the warmth of it twined around Kakashi's bones. The hand fell away. Rise, Agent Hitake. Kakashi drew in a breath, lifted himself off his knee, and had every last scrap of air driven out of him when Minato yanked him into a crushing hug. For a moment, Kakashi froze. They didn't do this unless there was blood on the ground and a rent somewhere where something whole had been taken. But Minato didn't let go, only gripped tighter, and Kakashi was not his student anymore. And never really would be again. He wrapped his arms around Minato's shoulder and ducked his head, pressing the side of his masked face against the wild golden hair. Minato was shorter than him, narrower across the shoulders, but his chakra was immense. An inferno wrapped around Kakashi's pale blue flame, and yet, for the first time, Kakashi actually felt stronger. Thank you, he whispered. You say that now, Minato said, but there was a catch in his voice. I'm not doing you any favors, you know. He leaned his head against Kakashi's, just a little. Wait until you meet your team. Whoever they were, they couldn't touch his former team. Kakashi might never get this chance again. He tightened his grip until Minato made a laughing, gasping sound as the breath accordioned out of him and whacked Kakashi between the armored shoulder blades. Kakashi released him and stepped back. Hokage-sama? The blue eyes were just a little too bright. Go out and come back safely. I've got too much paperwork to go chasing after you these days. Behind the mask over mask, Kakashi smiled, then bowed. Agent Hatake, Sagara said, and led him to the door that led to the antechamber. You'll wait here to meet your team. The room was empty, but it smelled like stress and fresh armor. They'd been doing this since the first oath, he guessed. Sagara-sama, he said with another bow. She closed the door. 
The mask was actually a little warm. Kakashi gave it a gentle tug, resettling it, and sat down in one of the empty chairs to wait. Come on, Taicho, Katsuko wheedled, following Raido and Genma up the stairs. Not even a hint? Raido sounded like he was rolling his eyes behind the mask. If that didn't work the last thirty times, why would it work now? Hope springs eternal, Katsuko said. Like my curiosity. I think I remember some kind of cautionary tale about curiosity and cats, Genma said helpfully. Or is that rat? They pushed through the door and started down the hall towards the Hokage's office and antechamber. I'll cat your rat, Katsuko muttered under her breath, readjusting her mask. Then louder, she added, I'm starting to think our rookies are either really weird or really special, Taicho, if you're going this far not to tell me. Does one of them have a tail? If he does, you're not allowed to chase it. So, one of them's a guy, Katsuko sighed. Well, maybe the other one can be a girl. It's lonely being the only paragon of femininity on this team. Genma looked at her, then at Raido. Paragon? Really? Femininity is a complex concept. Rido said calmly. His crescent moon mask, like the rest of him, offered no further clues. He was infuriating. <sighs> Katsuko said, which was at least better than, Sometimes I want to set your hair on fire. Fortunately for Katsuko's rather tenuous grasp on her patience, they reached the antechamber thirty seconds later. She refrained from trying to crane around Genma's shoulder to catch a glimpse as Raido opened the door. She wasn't actually twelve anymore, no matter what Raido might say. Still, she couldn't help hoping. Raido hadn't outright said the second candidate wasn't a girl. It'd be too much to expect the new genjutsu user, Fukui. But she'd heard about the kunoichi whose genjutsu nearly fooled Raido. When she filed into the room after Raido and Genma and saw who was waiting for them, though, she understood immediately why Raido had been so closed-mouthed. The new recruit was getting to his feet wearing his mask, a lion dog done in streaks of black and scarlet. But nobody else in Konoha had hair that white and gravity-defying. Katsuko studied Hatake Kakashi, hands propped on her hips, and grinned in delight. It wasn't every day a girl got a living legend on her squad. Pretty cool, she decided. I love presents, don't you, Taijo? Kapinin had been staring at Raido and Genma, but now the lion dog mask turned to take her in, too. If she had to hazard a guess, she'd say the expression under that painted face would be stark disbelief. 
unless he was wearing his normal cloth mask underneath the ambu one, in which case it'd be a covered mouth and skeptical brows. After a moment's silence, Rido said, Less than two seconds to cross a boundary, Ueno. New record. I do my best to surpass expectations, Captain, Katsuko said gravely. And you're done talking, Rido said, stepping in front of her. Hatake, welcome to Team Six. I'm Namiyashi Rido, Captain. That's Shiranui Genma, Lieutenant. And Ueno Katsuko, problem. Kakashi looked at each of them in turn, nodding slightly at Genma and Rido, before turning his focus on Katsuko. What's going on with your chakra? She'd been asked that before, frequently, but never in the first five minutes of meeting someone. Katsuko blinked. Enemy medic nin with way too much time and creativity on his hands. What's going on with your hair? Genetics. Neat, Katsuko said. Welcome to the team. Kakashi didn't seem very impressed. Don't Ambu teams usually have five members? I was wondering that myself, Katsuko said. Whichever rookie it was must have made an impression during the trials to be assigned alongside Hitake. Genma glanced over at the door that led into the Hokage's office. I guess we got here a little early. That got Kakashi's attention. Sharp eyes behind the mask followed Genma's gaze to the door. The slightest edge of suspicion entered his voice. Is it another candidate? A shinobi is an all-things patient, waiting for the moment when the truth reveals itself, Genma said, his voice desert dry. It's another candidate, Raido confirmed. Whoever their second rookie was, Kakashi already had an idea. That was enough for Katsuko to guess that things were going to become wildly entertaining in the next ten minutes. It was shaping up to be an Excellent day. Kakashi's head turned, and she found herself the center of his knife-like focus again. Is your chakra always this loud? Censors always did like to complain about her chakra presence. Katsuko returned Kakashi's stare. I'll tell you on one condition. He tipped his head slightly. Address me for the next three hours as your luminescence, and we've got a deal. Kakashi looked at her for a long moment, then he said, I'm going to assume that means yes. Snarky, Katsuko said cheerfully. She couldn't wait to spar against him. I like that. Genma gave Raido a speaking look. Down? Rido told her mildly. Sorry, Taicho, Katsuko straightened and saluted. How long until our second rookie joins us? The door opened before Rido could reply. The man who stepped through was all lean muscle and broad shoulders, wearing a stylized red ram mask. He was tall, too, with a couple of inches on Rido. 
Katsuko eyed his dark, spiky hair and the way the ambu armor molded to his body and felt her mouth quirk up into a grin. And it wasn't even her birthday. Four masked faces turned to study Ryoma like a wolf pack scenting prey as he stepped over the threshold and shut the door behind him. For a moment, he thought of backing through the door again. Two of the masks he already knew, the sturdy man in red crescent moon mask who'd studied him as the Ondaime yanked them through worlds, and the long-haired field medic with the grinning tanuki who first treated his wrist and countered Akiyama's poison. Between them stood a wiry, boyish woman with a wild tumbleweed of dark hair and a sharp face masked like a rodent with a red spiral on its forehead. Facing them, staring at him, Hitaki Kakashi wore a mask like the cheerful love child of a lion and a house dog and a shoulder-slumping cloak of despair. Of course, he said. Apparently, Akiyama wasn't the only one who'd observed them talking throughout the trials. Was Ryoma supposed to be some sort of growth experience for Kakashi? He'd be the world's worst good conduct prize. Oh, lovely, the woman said. She had a low, pleasant alto voice, and she sounded fiendishly entertained. It looks like you two are friends already. Kakashi tipped his masked forehead into his gloved palm. I'm going to file a complaint. There's paperwork for that, the veteran in crescent moon mask said cheerfully. Tosaki, welcome to Team Six. I'm Namiyashi Raido, Captain. This is Shiranui Genma, Lieutenant. He tipped his head to the left. The Tanuki mask medic nodded briefly. Ueno Katsuko, continued problem. The woman waggled her fingers. And you already know Hitake Kakashi, Raido concluded. We need to get out of here before the next team comes in. Sure, Ryoma said, and stepped away from the door. He was three inches taller than Rido. The spiky brush of hair revealed itself as reddish-brown in this light. Solidly muscled arms and shoulders, broad and capable hands, and that deep, smoky baritone, easy on the syllables of a family name Ryoma had never known, and a personal name that couldn't be that common— Good to meet you, Ryoma said. Again. Raido pushed his mask aside and grinned, dark eyes dancing. He'd lost the black eye somewhere in the last six months. The split lip had healed without a scar. Glad you made it in, he said. Then he pulled his mask back down and headed for the door that led to the hall. Follow me. Rido'd been good at giving orders the last time they'd met without masks, too. But Ryoma shut down that line of thought quickly. There'd be time enough later to overthink things, and likely there was nothing to overthink at all. 
Katsuka was already heading out the door on Raido's heels. Ryoma fell in behind her. The medic, Genma, followed at Ryoma's back. Kakashi trailed behind him, radiating disgruntlement. Possibly, Ryoma charitably assumed, because he kept trying to put his hands in the pockets he didn't have. How's the hand? Genma asked as the antechamber door swung shut behind them. Katsuko, just ahead of Ryoma, looked back curiously. Ryoma raised his hand. Aksa-sensei had taken the bandage club off last night after another intensive healing session and repeated promises of good behavior. It was gloved in tightly wrapped bandages now, still a little too stiff and bulky for the sleek black ambu gloves, but his fingers curled nearly to his palm. Improving. I should have full function by the end of the week, back up to seal speed in a week after that, if I do my exercises right. Which he would, possibly in place of sleep. I can help you with the exercises, Kenma offered. And you'll want to ice it after workouts. Ryoma ducked a grateful nod. How do you know the captain? Katsuko demanded. She was walking nearly backwards now. Over her shoulders, Raido's spine was stiff and straight. Ryoma chewed the inside of his cheek. Shared a drink a few months back, he said at last. Then he and Shirinui and Kakashi all saved my life, and my hand, a couple days ago. Sorry I bled on you, he added cordially. A little of the tension leaked out of Raido's spine. He lifted one shoulder in an easy shrug. Doubt it'll be the last time. If I had a hundred Ryo for every ninja who's bled on me, I could live like a daimyo, Genma said wryly. Katsuko's masked face tipped from Ryoma to Raido. She shrugged and about-faced again just in time to avoid a potted plant on a plinth. Bleeding on each other is a team-bonding activity, she said. Guess I'm making a good head start then, Ryoma said. Keep it up and you get a sticker, Rido said wry. By stickers, he means bandages, Katsuko said. Making a start on that too, Ryoma said, quick on his feet, making Katsuko chuckle. Rido had a grin behind his mask. Looks aside, which wasn't easy, Ryoma had a lot of looks. He'd known she'd like rookie number two. Rookie number one was still a silent question mark. They reached the stairs. Rido led them down into a labyrinth of hallways, moving at a brisk pace until they found Ambu's hidden door. Sagara-sama showed you the seal, right? He asked. Horse, dragon, horse, Naoma said and twitched his bandaged fingers. But don't look at me. How often does it change? Kakashi asked. At random, Raido said, flicking through the correct seals. The door slid seamlessly open. Usually every ten days to two weeks, captains get the word and pass it down. 
which was a very minor thing to add to his growing list of things to remember, but still, one more change. They kept cropping up in odd places. The run order changed as they went through the tunnels. Raido kept point with Katsuko dog-tagging like a bright shadow at his heels. Ryoma loped along just behind her, footsteps scuffing slightly as he shortened his stride to avoid overrunning them. Kakashi clearly wanted to be a last, but Genma slipped back behind him, taking the lieutenant's customary rear guard position. It actually wasn't a bad lineup, Raido thought. They'd front-loaded their heavy hitters, but Genma was a strike-from-the-distance kind of guy, and a medic they'd want protected, and everything Raido knew about Kakashi's lightnings attack said that they needed a run-up. This would be a good field order. He was viciously tempted by the training field when they crossed it, but they had a prior engagement, and Ryoma's hand really needed to finish healing before Raido let someone wail on him. In theory, Kakashi was also getting over a recent poisoning, even if he didn't much show it. Anbu's HQ was bustling. Raido wove his team, his team, through the scattered crowd of curious onlookers. A mix of veterans and rookies who clearly had too much time on their hands as they could stand around and stare at newbies, and took them down to the third-level sub-basement, where the hallways got distinctly colder. It had been a while since he'd crossed this particular patch of bamboo, but the electric lights still flickered above the right door. Front and center, new guys he said, and wrapped the door just above the brass spiral symbol. Ryoma came first, standing just to the right of Raido's shoulder. Under his breath, he muttered, I thought we were done with T&I. The door opened before Kakashi moved, or Raido responded. Perfect timing. I was just running out of victims, said Sakai Nanami, one of Ambu's two tattoo artists, brandishing a long silver needle. Who's ready to scream? Ambu's combining torture and interrogation with tattoo artistry these days, Ryoma said after a beat. Efficient. Nanami looked at him, thoughtful. You've had work done before, she said, which Raido knew to be true, but couldn't tell how she knew. Ryoma was covered solidly from head to foot, with the exception of the bare, unmarked shoulders. Couple of pieces, right? Probably at least one big one. Three, Ryoma said. All done by Shisei Takumi, down on Water Street. He studied under Horimasa Rei. Ryoma's expression wasn't visible, but the tilt of his head and the tone of his voice suggested he was watching Nanami keenly. I know Takumi, she said calmly. Does good work. You can go second, then. Now you. She pointed the needle at Kakashi, who twitched. You look like a virgin. Step up, kiddo. How did she 
tattoo virgin, right. A disadvantage of the Ambu uniform, Kakashi had discovered, was its complete lack of places to put Icha-Icha or his hands. He could only slouch and hope it looked casual. All right, he said, not to be outdone in the company of three people with one visible tattoo apiece and one man with three hidden designs. The woman grinned. That's what I like to hear. Grab a seat, she said, indicating a black, leather-bound chair behind her that looked like it belonged in a dentist's office or a torturer's dungeon. I'm Sakai Nanami, student of Akoya Nabutake. You can call me Nanami, or you bitch, depending on how you feel in five minutes. Just be aware, I might bite you for it. She had exceptionally white teeth, Kakashi noted, though not as sharp as his. He stepped past her, carefully, and settled into the chair. The room was small, but highly personalized. A green and orange beaded rug lay over dark wooden floorboards, counter-contrasted to the gray carpet in the hall. Hand-inked prints lined the cream walls, depicting scenes of Konoha, mostly. The Hokage's monument dressed in shadows, the wind-blown forest in autumn, a deep blue section of the river, with bright fish flitting below the surface, the hero's stone covered in snow, and a neon-lit grocery store which Kakashi raised an eyebrow at. I like slices of life, Nanami said, even though he hadn't asked. That's nice, Kakashi said. Set against one wall, a long table was covered in a mixture of art supplies, medical bric-a-brac, and what looked like half a dozen toolboxes that had been cannibalized to make storage shelves. Three different lamps cast good light. Nanami reached into a drawer and withdrew a pair of black rubber gloves, putting them on with a cheerful snap. This was not shaping up to be the shadow-drenched esoteric ceremony Kakashi had pictured. Nanami herself was not the tattooist he'd expected either. She was, maybe, in her mid-thirties, built short and exceptionally curvy with solid muscles in her shoulders. Her face was round with high cheekbones and a wide, careless mouth. Her hair was mostly black, twisted into a hundred complicated braids, with bright colors woven through to make a peacock rainbow. Her skin was the color of dark sandalwood. She wasn't wearing ambu armor. She wasn't even wearing a Jonin's uniform. She was dressed in a pink t-shirt and blue jeans. And flip-flops. She picked up a cotton swatch soaked in alcohol and advanced on him. You identify as male, right? she asked. Not actually a stupid question in a village where people could technically craft themselves into any shape they wanted. Yes, he said. Left shoulder, then, she said, and vigorously rubbed the bare stretch of his left upper arm with the alcohol swatch. The trials must have left a scratch or two because it burned. Anything medical I need to know about? 
Omukade poisoning two days ago, Genma said from where he was leaning against the doorframe. That then the blood? Not noticeably, Genma said. Anything else? Nanami asked. Kakashi shrugged. Okay then, here's how it works. I cut, I ink, I do a little jitsu work. Don't fight me. Tell me if you feel weird. Definitely tell me if you think you're about to faint. I had one guy chip a tooth today, and I don't want to make it two for two. You haven't had any alcohol in the last day, have you? I don't drink, Kakashi said. Light brown eyes regarded him skeptically. You must be a barrel of fun on weekends. Weekdays, too, Ryoma said. He'd slipped inside the room to study the art on the walls, mask tipped curiously to one side. Katsuko had followed him, but only far enough to find a wall to lean against. She lounged casually beneath a picture of civilians surrounding a camping fire. The captain in the red crescent moon mask, Namiyashi Raido, stood away from the walls, watching Kakashi. Nanami plucked a scalpel from an autoclave on the table. Ready for this? You don't use the needle? Kakashi said, startled. What, this? She said, turning to show the silver needle jammed through her braids, which had been gathered into a loose knot. It's a hair stick. Oh. Nanami turned back, hooked a rolling stool over with one foot, and sat on it by his shoulders. In case you were wondering, this is really going to hurt, she said comfortingly. Most rookies like to reflect on their oath while we do this. Or you could curse, Katsuko said, equally helpfully. Bonus points if you're extra creative. I'll bear that in mind, Kakashi said. Nanami smiled and, without any ceremony, laid his skin open. The sharp metal sting dulled in a wash of warmth down Kakashi's arm as the blood flowed, which did not seem conductive to applying ink, but perhaps that was where the jutsu came in. Lots of rituals required blood. His muscles twitched. He breathed out silently holding himself still as Nanami carved the outline of the distinctive spiral freehand into his arm. The pain wasn't bad, but the sitting was difficult. The scalpel was set aside, and a green glowing hand swept down Kakashi's arm, staunching the blood. A wet cloth followed, bathing the open cuts in something astringent-smelling. Nanami rolled her stool down towards the end of the table, collected a bowl of dark crimson ink, and rolled back to Kakashi. Holding up? she asked. I get stabbed for a living, he said dryly. Still nice to ask, she said. That's the easy bit over with. She dipped her gloved fingertips into the ink, and lifted a red, dripping hand and retraced the scalpel's path, pressing ink hard into the wounds. It burned like red ants crawling beneath his skin, and he realized there was chakra already embedded in the ink, unshaped and formless, ready to soak up a jutsu. Take a deep breath, Nanami said, 
stripping the gloves off and lacing her fingers together. The showing gun was already open behind the mask. Kakashi flicked Sagara's seal and was gratified when the protective mesh instantly crumbled to nearly invisible dust, freeing his vision. The world tilted sideways into a field of shifting blue fate lines. Nanami's hands moved blurringly fast as they went through sixteen separate seals, but he caught the pattern. She set her left hand to his shoulder and her right to his elbow and released the jutsu. Really hurt was a slight understatement. The ink blazed white hot beneath his skin and spilled through the design, filling in the blank stretches of skin between the carved lines. The open wounds healed, sealing smooth like melting plastic. Only a faint ridge remained, slightly darker than the rest. The chakra arced deep into his arm, connecting to the branching pathways of his own energy lines, twining around meridian points. It blistered like fire the whole way, and the chair creaked as Kakashi's fingers dug deeply into the leather-padded chairs. A dull crack sounded as he broke something doubtlessly important. Oaths and swearing. Now he understand why people reached for both. But he wanted this for years, and he refused to do anything but stand it. He felt the moment when the jutsu closed and connected, completing a full circuit. Three new awarenesses blossomed in the back of his mind, faint but persistent. Genma, Raido, and Katsuko. Or, more specifically, their tattoos. He could feel them. Gotcha, said Raido, sounding pleased. Anbu was the one organization in Kotoha that had never been infiltrated by outside agents. Now Kakashi knew why. The shivering agony faded slowly, replaced by a widening expansion of this new sense. Beyond the room, he could feel the faint firefly lights of other Anbu, and even get a rough idea of where they were in space if he really focused. It wasn't nearly as acute as the three here, within reach. Well, two. Katsuko's was barely felt glimmer in the storm of her overwhelming chakra. He couldn't tell if it was the difference between them and the outside Anbu was distance, or if Nanami had somehow calibrated him to his new team. When he looked down at the tattoo, a gleaming scarlet double-curve draped down his arm, fully healed, his own Anbu mark, with unexpected bonuses. Nanami thumped him on the shoulder in a friendly way. Well done, she said, turning away to wash her hands at the small sink in the corner. Get up when you're ready. It doesn't need any aftercare, but keep it out of the sun if you can, or the ink will fade. Bring it back whenever you like for touch-ups. Kakashi unpeeled his fingers from the chair and stood, shedding the last nerve twitches of lingering pain. It hadn't been that bad. He didn't see why people... Why people... Hitake, Raido demanded. Metal flooded Kakashi's mouth, and a high buzzing drowned out whatever Raido said next. 
Kakashi put a hand out to grab the chair, missed, and fell. Later, Katsuko wouldn't be able to say who leapt to catch Kakashi first. She pushed off the wall, instinct overcoming startlement. She and Ryoma were the only teammates close enough to make a grab for Kakashi in time, but Nanami got there first. The tattoo artist caught Kakashi in her arms, letting out a small grunt at his weight, and eased him down onto the floor next to the chair. Genma was there a second later, checking Kakashi's pulse. Should have warned you he's a fainter, he said to Nanami, hooking a finger underneath the edge of Kakashi's ambu mask and sliding it off. He bent his head to listen to Kakashi's breathing and nodded. His respiration's okay. I'm going to try and rouse him. At Nanami's nod, he flew through a quick set of seals. The green glow of medical jitsu settled over Kakashi's upper chest, sinking underneath his skin at the heart chakra node. Kakashi's mismatched eyes snapped open. The wheel of the Sharingan spun as his hand shot up, closing around Genma's throat like a vice. Raido was already moving, seizing Kakashi's wrist to hit the pressure points there. Kakashi's fingers loosened, but didn't release. Raido didn't let go. We're your team, Raido said tersely. You fainted. Let go of Shiranui. Kakashi blinked. Oh. In the moment of silence that followed, Katsuko fought the unbalanced urge to snicker. Raido was an impassive, unyielding statue, and Genma's only reaction to Kakashi had been to go as still as a man facing down a feral animal. The medic stared down at Kakashi patiently, like he was waiting for him to stop being foolish. Ryoma, on the other hand, had stepped back once it was clear that Kakashi wasn't in any danger. He stood with one hip propped up against the counter, and his arms crossed over his chest, radiating palpable amusement at the situation. "'Welcome back, Petal,' Katsuko told Kakashi, relief making her cheerful. "'Do you always choke people out when you wake up?' The stripe of pale skin above Kakashi's mask tinged red. He released Genma, lowering his hand when Raido let go of his wrist and looked at her. "'I'm considering it.' Genma eased back, rubbing his throat before he cleared it. "'Did you eat this morning?' he asked Kakashi. Kakashi hesitated. "'No.' Ryoma snorted softly, turning his head to the mess on the counter. He fished a needle from the pile and started to poke at the fingertips of his bandaged hand, testing his nerves while the rest of the team stared at the legendary fainting Kapinen. "'Oath day nerves?' Katsuko said. She gave Kakashi a sympathetic look. I didn't eat at all before they swore me in. Walked into the walls a few times right after I got my tattoo. Are you sure they were related? Kakashi asked, rather more dryly. He ignored the hand Genma offered him and pushed himself to his feet, deliberately steady. Not even two hours since we've met. And already you judge me, Katsuko sighed. I would cry, but I sold my tear ducts to science. Hope science pays well, Ryoma muttered. 
at least one person here appreciated her humor. Genma produced a small squeeze packet of glucose gel from his pocket and handed it to Kakashi with a tilt of his head that promised dire consequences if Kakashi didn't eat it. He unearthed a meal bar as well and gave that to Ryoma with a brisk, You eat too. This floor is small. Ryoma's shoulders set as he put down his needle and accepted the bar from Genma. I'm pretty good at standing he said, and put the bar down on the counter. Katsuko didn't blame him. Those things were nasty. Katsuko used her best deadpan voice. Maybe Hatake could take pointers from you. Did you eat this morning? Raido asked Ryoma. Leftover curry and three cups of coffee, sir, Ryoma said seriously. Katsuko had vague memories of scarfing down a custard bun and a glass of water sometime between rolling out of bed and reporting to the Hokage's palace, but she decided not to volunteer the information. Raido would only lecture her about protein intake. We should make the rookies take us out to lunch after this, she suggested instead, as part of our super-secret hazing ritual. Ryoma's painted ram mask tilted towards her. I was just starting to look up to you, senpai, he said, voice heavy with disappointment. Don't break my heart already. Katsuko cackled. I'm not looking to break your heart, Toosaki. Just your wallet. Not to interrupt this lovely banter, Anami said. But I have a quota to hit and other things to do before lunchtime, so can the next victim get in the chair? Ryoma ducked his head deferentially and took the few steps from the counter to the tattoo chair. Left shoulder, he told Nanami, sliding into the seat. No alcohol in the last day, no medical issues above the wrist. Nanami's smile was a little alarming. Good. You heard the spiel earlier. Cut, ink, jutsu. Don't fight me. Tell me if you feel faint, for the love of God. And don't expect this to be like a regular tattoo, because it isn't. Any questions? Not like a regular stabbing, either, I take it. Ryoma craned his neck to look down at his shoulder, tipping his head a bit further to compensate for his mask. Takumi does some jutsu with his ink, but that's mostly for color. What's this one do? Location tracker? Instant death for Oathbreakers? Wait and see, Nanami said mysteriously. Maybe if you ask nicely, Nanami will let you customize your tattoo, Katsuko suggested. I asked her for sparkles and ink blood streaks before I got mine. Ryoma cocked his head to get a look at Katsuko's right shoulder. Dark eyes glittered with faint amusement behind his mask. I'm guessing you didn't ask nicely. I'm always nice, Katsuko said quite seriously. But my old captain told me sparkles would ruin Anbu's image. What do you think? I don't know. He relaxed against the headrest. The more I see of Anbu's image from the inside, the more I think sparkles might be appropriate.
His attention flickered over to Nanami. Though, not for me. I'm more of a flames and daggers type of guy. Original, Nanami said a little teasingly. The flash of metal snagged Katsuko's gaze right before Nanami laid Ryoma's skin open, flesh parting beneath shining steel in precise lines. Ryoma set his jaw as the scalpel sliced its curving lines, but he didn't twitch. It was at least quicker than the standard tattoo, though he missed the adrenaline buzz bleeding into the endorphin high. He'd stick with Takumi for his next tattoo, he decided. Maybe on his hip. Nanami was probably right about the advisability of a flaming dagger, but a bloody knife wouldn't be bad. The tattooist traded her scalpel out for the blood-staunting jitsu, then for the astringent and ink. It was the dark red color of venomous blood, and it stung like salt in raw flesh. Kakashi hadn't flinched. He didn't either. He nodded, short and sharp when Nanami glanced up at him, and then clenched his hands on the armrest and gritted his teeth tight. He clung to that as fire lit up his arm and its chakra system. Kakashi'd fainted, but he hadn't made a sound, and this was one challenge Ryoma wasn't going to lose. He nearly yelped all the same when his chakra sense rerouted. There were live embers smoldering around the edges of the tiny room within the normal clouds of their chakra presences, two behind his left shoulder, one nearly within his reach by his side, another lurking near the table. Ninami was chakra without number, softer, smaller. Chunin level, maybe, he thought, though it was clear she'd chosen in-house work instead of a career in the field. Tiny muted flickers, like star glimmers, wandered somewhere above his head. Other ambu in the upper stories? His head felt damp when he rocked it against the leather headrest. Sweat stuck to his shirt and his back and shone on his arm around the dark red ink of the new tattoo. He said hoarsely, Guess that's the end of lying about getting a quickie in the bathroom. Can you turn it off? Two of the chakra presences instantly winked out, dampening the smoldering new embers down to the barest glow. Ryoma had to look over his shoulder to be sure they were still there. Genma was slouching against the wall near the door, just within reach of Kakashi, who was leaning against the doorframe itself. Kakashi's chakra ember, Anbu ember, was still alight, though flickering, as if he were trying to copy Genma's trick. Nearer, by the table, against the wall, Katsuko, in her chakra storm, wasn't even trying. Raido stood in the center of the room, almost close enough to reach out and touch. Takes a little practice, he says, but it's not impossible. His ember compressed further, down to a hard nugget of ash, and then was gone. Looking at him was like staring at Ryoma's own hand and not being able to feel it. Ryoma swallowed queasy and thumped his head back against the back of the chair. Useful in a fight, he said half at random, 
No more getting distracted, looking for each other. Genma's tattoo ember flared hot again, though his chakra aura stayed clamped down. You can do this, too, he said, so another Anbu can see you without giving your presence away to the enemy. Makes it a pain when you're trying to sneak up on another Anbu, though, Katsuko said cheerfully. Boundaries, Ueno, Raido said. Remember boundaries? His chakra was still damp in doubt, but the spark of his tattoo blazed up. Ryoma could almost fix it in space now, without looking, and he was beginning to sense the subtle differences between the four of them, like pine wood beside oak, or the unique reed of their chakra signatures. Genma's was a little cooler. Kakashi's less controlled, though he had it nearly three-quarters clamped down by now. Raido's had jagged edges around a steady core, and Katsuko's? Well, it was there, beneath her chakra. That was about all he could tell. Right, she drawled, leaning back, arms crossed over her chest. Boundaries. Dry skepticism saturated her voice. Nanami scooted her stool back and stood, clamping Ryoma gently on his good shoulder. I'm gonna wash up. Take all the time you need before you stand up. You did well. You too, Ryoma said, which was probably in the running for one of his lamest rejoiners ever, but at least he hadn't passed out yet. He took one moment more to breathe as water ran in the sink in the corner. Then he swung his legs over the side of the chair and stood up with a hand on the armrest. His knees stayed steady behind him. Ha! he said, inordinately pleased. It's a triumph for coffee and curry rice. He took a step, leaving the chair behind, and decided, And me! Congratulations, Kakashi said sourly from the door. Grinning at him didn't do much good when there was a ceramic mask in the way. Ryoma flicked him a cheerful thumbs up instead. It would not be good teamwork to stab Ryoma in the brain, even if his giant air bubble head made a tempting target. Kakashi settled for looking as disinterested as possible. Ryoma didn't seem to care. One out of two, Nanami said cheerfully, toweling her hands off. I'll take it. She smiled at Kakashi. And I can say that I dropped Sharingan Kakashi with one jutsu. That's gotta be some kind of record, right? Tomorrow, he was dyeing his hair. There's a club, he said. I'll add you to the membership list. Her grin widened, flashing white teeth against dark skin. Enjoy that ink, she said, and thanks for letting me be your first artist. I love popping cherries. Kakashi lifted a hand and slid out the door before the conversation reached a higher plateau of excruciating... He lost his grip on the half-smothered spark in the process and felt it flare to life again, 
marking him like a tiny beacon. That was not something he liked. A low, alto chuckle followed him. Katsuko. Genma followed him in person, while Ryoma stayed behind to thank Nanami. The hallway wasn't empty. Two masked, unmarked teams watched the proceedings curiously, waiting to be attended. Kakashi recognized Ayane in one group, wearing a dark ferret mask, and the torturer's son in the other group, wearing a mask of abstract blue and green slashes. Genma stepped close, broaching Kakashi's personal bubble, and murmured, Feeling steadier? If I start to succumb to the vapors, you'll be the first to know, Kakashi said, rather than a more truthful, no. He wasn't about to pitch over again, but steady wasn't today's operable word. This was... Anbu was... He'd expected something different. Genma shrugged and moved back, ignoring the other teams to watch the door. After a moment, Ryoma stepped through, rubbing his shoulder thoughtfully. He spotted Ayane and Hakone, and nodded but didn't engage with them. Hakone nodded back. Ayane just tilted her head slightly. Raido and Katsuko came out a second later, with Katsuko calling back a cheerful farewell to Nanami and asking, Her out for drinks? I'm married, Ueno! Nanami said, laughing. Katsuko's voice warmed with a hidden grin. Your husband can come too. Not an open relationship. Katsuko shrugged cheerfully and found her place back in the team. Fall in, Hitake, Raido said, and set off down the hallway with Ryoma and Katsuko on his heels. Kakashi sighed. Yes, Captain. Genma fell into step behind him. It was a short, twisting journey up the two flights of stairs to Raido's undisclosed destination, a plain door with the uninformative 37-B stamped into the wood. The door to the left said 14. The door to the right said WAQ-2. Apparently, you just had to know. Raido tossed a key to Ryoma, who caught it reflexively with his good hand, and a second to Kakashi. The door had chakra seals embedded into it. Raido released them with two quick hand seals that Kakashi memorized and unlocked the door. Welcome to Team Six's home base, Raido said, pushing the door open. It was an office. One large desk took up a corner complete with a comfortable office chair and a locked cabinet. A second, slightly smaller desk rested up against the wall, placed Kitty Corner, also with a chair and cabinet. Captain and Lieutenant, clearly. Three smaller desks, not even desks, more like work tables, made a loose L in the opposite corner. Their rolling chairs were wooden and unpadded. There were no cabinets there though someone had conscientiously placed three small trash cans down. A clean blackboard took up most of one wall. There were maps pinned to another. 
A battered, reddish-brown leather couch looked like it had already done duty as a nap station. It was long enough that even Ryama could probably lie down without his feet hanging off the end. In the final corner, a tall green plant bore one defiant white flower. They were still on the first sub-basement level, so there were no windows. But, if Kakashi had to guess, he would bet that that second door led to a bathroom. No TV, Ryoma said disappointed. Raido shed his crescent moon mask, revealing evenly handsome features and a wry smile. If you find yourself with time to watch movies, I better be in the hospital. That's not an invitation to mutiny, in case you were wondering, Genma added, removing his tanuki red panda tanuki mask and hanging it on a peg by the door. His face was more delicate than Raido's, a touch younger, animated by light eyes and lazy amusement. I'll do my best to remember, Ryoma said with mock gravity. He stepped further into the room, running curious fingers over the polished wood of one desk, then dropped carelessly down onto the couch. He pushed his mask up to one side, further disheveling his hair, and looked like he wished there was a coffee table he could put his feet up onto. His face was paler than Kakashi had expected, sweat-streaked. Not completely unaffected by Nanami after all, then. Guess we'll just have to amuse ourselves in the meantime. With push-ups, I assume. Genma gave him a sidelong look. One-handed push-ups for you. Ryoma waved the fingers of his good hand. I like showing off. No news there. Katsuko sprawled down on three-quarters of the sofa, not taken up by Ryoma, tipping her head back against the squashy couch cushions, and slid her mask off like an afterthought. Her face was sharper than Kakashi had expected, with an angular jawline cutting down to a pointed chin. Her nose was long and narrow, unbroken, and her mouth was thin. At a glance, he would have judged her as a delicate boy, rather than a handsome woman. Trouble, Raido had called her. She caught Kakashi's eye and winked. Kakashi took himself to the other side of the room and leaned against the wall, which had so far expressed no desire to get into his pants or under his skin. Raido raised an eyebrow at him. Prefer to say hidden? Hidden? He was completely vit- Anbu mask. Right. Kakashi was almost tempted to say yes, just to see if Raido would let him keep it on, but that wasn't actually a fight he wanted to get into. He undid the strap and lifted the mask free. It was body warm now, light in his hand. He clipped it to the special notch on his belt. Better, he said. Genma glanced over from where he was sit-leaning on the edge of his desk and nodded once. Nine out of ten, Katsuko said, sprawling further out on the couch. It edged her feet into Ryoma's territory, but he didn't seem to care. They both had the aura of touchy-feely people. 
I think I just figured out why they assigned us together, Ryoma said contemplatively, dark eyes glancing from face to face. We're the hot team now. Katsuko laughed. I'm not complaining. They were going to high-five in a moment, and Kakashi was going to have to kill himself with that potted plant. This wasn't what he pictured at all. Minato had said there was no glory in Anbu, but there was still supposed to be nobility or dignity or something. The Hokage's most feared soldiers. This was the whetstone to sharpen himself against, but they were clowns. Wait until you meet your team. Why would Minato put him here? Raido wasn't an expert in Kakashi speak yet, but the restless look in that one visible gray eye said it was time to intervene. Sit up, Ueno, he said. You haven't earned a nap yet. Katsuko shrugged and levered herself up, curling her legs up and wedging herself comfortably into the far corner of the couch, which left a tidy acreage of space between her and Ryoma's spread knees. Raido was half-tempted to ask Kakashi to sit with them, but that was a hornet's nest of issues that didn't need kicking quite yet. Ground rules, Raido said instead, and he knew he picked right by the way Katsuko groaned, Ryoma frowned, and Kakashi's shoulders relaxed the barest inch. Raido grinned and glanced at Genma. This is our office, Genma began dryly. There are many like it, but this one's ours. You're welcome to come here any time. His eyes flicked to Katsuko, even if he just want to sleep. Assuming we can find it again, Ryoma muttered, mostly under his breath. We needed permission to sleep here? Katsuko said, hurtling over the point like usual. You'll learn, Raido said to Ryoma. He ignored Katsuko. If you paid attention to everything that came out of her mouth, you'd be chasing fictional butterflies for days. Better to wrap her knuckles when you caught her in the act of actual wrongdoing, which was less often than people thought. Ryoma gave a dubious nod. Desks are personal and private, Genma continued. Lock something inside and it won't be touched. Leave it out in the open and it's fair game. That said, if I catch someone deliberately thieving on this team, I will dislocate the first joint that presents itself, Raido said mildly. Genma gestured to the filing cabinet beside his own desk. Maps, scrolls, and forms are in here. Disorganize them at your own peril. Raido could see the question forming in Ryoma's eyes, edged in subtle worry, but let it wait for the moment. Pegs on the wall for anything you don't want to wear while you're in office. Masks, too. Genma nodded to where his mask hung on the wall, sharing the space with a short sword. You're responsible for your own day-to-day -day weapon and armor maintenance, but major sharpening, serious damage, and replacements for expended kunai, shuriken, senbon, and so forth, 
You requisition from the quartermaster. Rec forms are in the cabinet I mentioned before. Katsuko started her inevitable slide down into the sofa cushions as if she hoped they might swallow her. Ryoma, at least, was rapidly attentive. Kakashi was watchful and silent. Genma towed a cardboard box out from under his desk and lifted the flap to reveal rows of bars wrapped in muted brown paper. This is a case of field rations. Tell me your preferred flavors, and I'll try and keep them in stock. The cafeteria is 24-7, and I keep a full medical kit in the bottom drawer of this cabinet. If you use something from it, replace it. It would be unprofessional to draw little hearts around his lieutenant, but Raido still wanted to. Chocolate, Katsuko said instantly. No, vanilla. Caffeine? Do they have that? Peanut butter, Ryoma said. Anything's fine for me, Rido said. Sesame ginger, if you can get it. The room looked at Kakashi. After a long beat of silence, he conceded. Jerky. You like dried fish? Genma asked. Kakashi looked faintly surprised. Yes. Genma leaned down and unearthed the vacuum-sealed packet of dry herring, which he held up by way of demonstration. Me too, but you have to balance them with some carbs. I recommend the Milik Kombu bar if you don't like the nut-flavored ones. A thoughtful flicker crossed the visible quarter of Kakashi's face. Seriously, are there caffeine ones or not? Katsuko said. This is information I need to know. You've never needed caffeine. I'd like caffeine, Ryoma said. Or just soldier pills. Can you get those in flavors other than gross? Genma looked sharply at Ryoma. Soldier pills are controlled access for a reason. If you just need a buzz to stay awake, caffeine tabs are available from the QM, or you can do what I do and chow down on a couple coffee beans if you're in a bind. He glanced at Rido, eyebrows lifted, asking permission? Rido shrugged one shoulder, and Genma kept going. I know you've got a safety lecture on them already, but soldier pills are dangerous. Too many will damage your blood's ability to clot, and if you can't clot... No medical jitsu in the world will stop you from bleeding to death from one well-placed kunai strike. Well, now was as good as time as any to revisit that little safety talk. Soldier pills were relatively new technology, only recently developed from the few recipes the Akimichi clan had been willing to hand over from their family's personal archives. They weren't fine-tuned, and they were definitely dangerous. Most Jonin didn't use them, except for rare cases. Clearly, Ryoma had. Anbu did use them, but Anbu had a habit of diving headlong into risky but useful and reevaluating later. The set of Ryoma's broad shoulders shifted very slightly, from relaxed to bulldog. My best combat jutsu is pretty chakra-intensive, I can only use it three times before I wipe myself out if I'm not using soldier pills. 
then you know to be careful, Rido said. Ryoma looked at him, dark eyes narrowing. He nodded once. You'll get an allotted dose from the in-house medic, Genma said. If you need more... We'll discuss it, said Rido. Ryoma's jaw worked stubbornly sideways, but he nodded again and settled back against the couch. I can work with that. I don't always need them anyway. For obvious reason, Katsuko never needed them, and her expression of patient suffering said that she was only putting up with this conversation because she was a good person and also too lazy to get up. Raido glanced at Kakashi, who just shrugged noncommittally. No surprises there. Back to ground rules, Raido said. Practice is every morning at 5 a.m., except for Sunday, which you get free. Don't be late. Acceptable excuses for missing practice are A. You're dead, or B. You're actively on fire. Nothing else counts. Except if we're on mission, Katsuko said. Or that. Or in a mission briefing. Katsuko. Or in a hospital. Stop helping, Rido said. She waved encouraging, keep going hands at him. Rido flattened the urge to roll his eyes. In theory, you've covered Anbu's general rules when you signed your initial paperwork, but we'll hit the important points again. Ueno, what am I about to say? Respect your teammates' boundaries, Katsuko recited in a voice like withered leaves. Gold star, Rido said. Anbu is not like the standard rank and file. We're an insular group, and it's easy to cross a line here, whether you mean to or not. No Ambu agent is permitted to fraternize with a senior officer. Same-rank liaisons are allowed, but not encouraged, particularly within your own team. Harassment is not tolerated. We're home to morally gray whack jobs, but whatever we're asked to do in the field, consent is required here. If I hear of any one of you flouting that, I will personally drop you off the wall myself. He looked at each one of them in turn, landing on Ryoma at the end. That said, if any one of you ever have an issue, come to me or Shiranui. We will take it seriously. Agreed, said Genma. Katsuko nodded all traces of impish delight buried for a moment of actual respect. He'd have to mark that on his calendar. Kakashi dipped his chin in masked acknowledgement. Ryoma's mouth curved in a faint, crooked smile. He met Raido's eyes and nodded, too. Understood. Relief made Raido smile back. Likewise, if you have a general concern, raise it, he said. If you can't talk to Shiranui or me, then your next highest authority is the vice commander, Kurita Ushio. And good luck catching his attention, he thought. If you're injured, no matter how minor, we'll need to know. I won't have martyrs on this team. Especially head or neck injuries, Genma said. If your bell gets rung, even a little, in a combat or spar, 
tell someone. If you have concerns about a teammate's fitness for duty, we need to know that too, Rido went on. You are responsible for your mental and physical fitness, but Shira Nui and I are responsible for you. If you're having problems eating or sleeping, if you're sick, if you're getting nightmares that won't go away, come to us. We've seen most of it before, and we will do our best to help. Nothing is an automatic strike. You won't get kicked out of Anbu for having a bad week. Understood, Katsuko said quietly. If he'd been sitting next to her, that would have been the moment to toss an arm around her shoulders. Ryoma's cheek dented. He was chewing his mouth on the inside. After a moment of thought, he shook his head and looked up, smiling. Team Dad and Mom. Got it. Which one of you do we report to when Kakashi wets the bed? I'm not into water sports, Kakashi said calmly. Katsuko choked. Ryoma's smile broke into a full grin. Genma let out a crack of startled laughter, then sobered up immediately, leaning against the desk like nothing had happened when Raido turned to stare at him. Moving on, Raido said after a beat. A faint gleam of amusement lingered in Genma's eyes. Paperwork, he said. Katsuko made a throttled cat sound of distress. Paperwork is to be done on time, Rido said ruthlessly, and legibly. You do not want to test what kind of creative punishments I will come up with for tardiness. Katsuko muttered something that sounded a lot like hair on fire before subsiding back into a glower. Ryoma's grin had faded while Raido spoke, replaced by the slow creep of returning worry, though it twitched back for a moment at Katsuko's antics. Does paperwork have to be done by me? he asked. Or can I dictate and get someone else to write it out? I've arranged for an intel debriefer to take dictated reports for you at the end of every mission. Rido said, thankful he'd done his homework on that particular issue. You don't have to write anything. Ryoma let out a long, slow breath and leaned back against the couch. You're making this no-fraternization thing really hard, he complained. If I can't pledge you my undying love, can I bring you coffee in the morning? Well, that solved the question of whether he was going to be awkward about things. Perhaps bring the whole team some, Rido said amused. Everyone needs a little extra love at 5 a.m. You can't write? Kakashi asked from behind Rido's shoulder. He sounded more puzzled than accusatory. Ryoma found a middle point of nothing to look at, meeting no one's eyes. My name, Simple Senses and Kana, couple handful of kanji, maybe, though I usually miss some of the strokes. Kakashi stepped away from the wall, engaging for the first time. But you can read, he said. It was almost, but not quite, a question. Dark eyes flickered to Kakashi, then to Raido. 
I couldn't read the mission scroll in the second trial, Ryoma admitted. Then how... Kakashi began, then realized, you got someone to read it for you. Ryoma shrugged one shoulder. Lost a few hours and nearly got my head taken off, too. Turns out even hardened killers will pause for breakfast, though. To the rest of the team, he said, I'm really good at roast rabbit. Katsuko's hazel gaze flickered over to Ryoma, weighing Kim. Smart. She judged with a grin, sounding genuinely impressed. Ryoma hesitated, searching her face for a darker motive, and smiled when he didn't find it. Copy Ninja Kakashi, ruiner of moments, crossed by Raido's shoulder and stood in front of the pair on the sofa, looking down at Ryoma. He made the blank-faced gesture of a man with too many questions to juggle and not enough time to ask them all and settled on. But how? Ryoma shrugged again, this time with both shoulders. The guy who found me, Abe Shintaro, he's not a bad guy. Most people aren't. Give him a smile, they'll go out of their way to help. His expressive mouth twisted. Good thing I didn't run into Akiyama first, I guess. He glanced at Genma and Raido. Or either of you. Raido exchanged a glance with Genma, who smirked. Kakashi shook his head and settled into a crouch, surprising Raido. On anyone else, it would have put him at head height, but Ryoma was ridiculously tall, so it actually dropped Kakashi's eyeline to about chin level. That's not what I meant, Kakashi said. If you can't read... I mean, scrolls, and signs, and maps, menus, money. How? Raido suspected Kakashi had not had many friends in childhood, because seriously, social skills. There were none here. Genma caught Raido's eye, white brown eyebrows lifting in a clear question. Are you going to let this play out? Rido dropped a hand. Wait. Any other issue, he'd step in. But this one would affect missions. In some places, they couldn't afford to protect sore spots. Ryoma had raised the subject in group. In theory, he had a game plan for dealing with the fallout. Ask a teammate to read the scroll, Ryoma said. Ask the waiter for the special. Puzzle it out for myself, if I really have to, and I want a headache. He settled further back into the couch, making a show of unconcern. But he looked more like a man who wanted to step outside of the conversation he was having. You can do all the reading, since you're curious. We can start with that book you've been hauling around. That better not be the book Rida was thinking of. So you can read, just not well, Kakashi pressed. A thin line drew down between Ryoma's eyebrows. If it's all written kana, but I'll be slow and I'll make mistakes. They tend to move. Kanji, I know maybe one in fifty. Trust me, we're better off if you do the reading. No, I get that. 
Kakashi said, and made the same open-handed gesture again. Too many questions, not enough words to shape them. What understanding was he trying to reach? You created Jitsu. You created a whole new class of Jitsu. That doesn't just fall out of the air. It takes research. Ryoma's expression darkened. At that extremely obvious clue, Kakashi finally seemed to realize that his captive audience wasn't a happy one. He sat back on his heels and smiled, visible eye curving in a friendly arc. What I'm trying to say is, that's smart, he said. I didn't know you had that in you. Rido resisted the urge to put his hand over his eyes. Genma cleared his throat pointedly. The little moment of silence stretched. Genma cleared his throat again as Ryoma gave Kakashi a long, flat look and finally drawled. I'm more than just a pretty face. Are you guys going to start beating your chest next? Katsuko asked, fascinated. Or is this a verbal contest only? Ryoma thumped his ambu chestplate with his good hand. It loses something without the shirtlessness, he said sadly, and cocked his head at Raido. What's next, Taicho? Katsuko left on that with the light of mad glee in her eye, opening her mouth. Genma got there first. No, he said, quietly firm. The change from firecracker joker to professional shinobi was as smooth as silk. Training, Katsuko said, as if that had been her intention all along. What are we going to do while Toosaki's hand heals? Raido swallowed an odd bite of disappointment. It was good that Genma was learning her cues and that she was letting him. It couldn't always be Raido's job. And yet. We train like normal, he said. Fighting with your offhand is good practice. In fact, we should do a bit of a cripple's run this week. Come up with a handicap in mind and we'll train around it. Kakashi rose to his feet. You mean, other than my blind side, Ueno's chakra, and Toosaki's personality? Screw you, Ryoma said amiably. Katsuko's chakra is awesome. Enough, said Raido. Hitake, consider blindness for your disadvantage. You can practice relying on your teammates. Tosaki, you can show me how you work supply lines without being able to read the logs. Ueno. Small jutsu, Katsuko said with a sigh. Small jutsu, Raido said. Henge, maybe. Also, you'll need to learn these, Genma said, opening his file cabinet of paperwork and mysteries extracting two photocopied booklets that had been neatly bound in tough, weatherproof canvas, the field guide to Ambu's specific hand signs and trail codes. He handed one to Ryoma and Kakashi, then seemed to realize at the same time Raido did that reading required was going to be a problem. Luena will drill you both. It'll be a good review for her. 
Katsuko's yelp of outrage died, half-throttled under the combined weight of Genma's level look and Raido's raised eyebrows. Oh, yay! she said bleakly. You get the rookies to yourself, Genma pointed out. Katsuko brightened up. Hazing's still a no. Katsuko's brightness did not temper any. Kakashi gave her a look that on any other man would have been apprehensive. Ryoma just grinned, careless. If the quartermaster gave you any weapons, feel free to bring them to tomorrow's session, Raido said. In the meantime, you're free. Tosaki, Hitake, you should get yourself settled in at the rookie dorms. The rooms are assigned, so they should be ready. Genma tossed two keys across with a faint smile. You've got a corner room, Tosaki. Congrats. Ryoma's grin broadened. We'll meet tomorrow on training field 15, Raido said. You know what time. Don't be late. Assuming Tosaki's hand heals on schedule, we'll be expecting our first mission in ten days, which is enough time to get into sync with each other. Don't say it, Ueno. Katsuko closed her mouth with a click. If you need me, I'm housed in the veteran's wing. Shiranui's room's in the village. I think your housing situation is still in flux, right? Genma nodded once. If you need either one of us and can't find us, the administration office can summon us, but only in a genuine emergency. Realizing it's 3 a.m. and you don't know how glitter is made does not count, Raido said, looking at Katsuko, or deciding you need to hunt stoats for unknown purposes, or because you can feel your hair growing and it worries you. In fairness, I was drugged that time, Katsuko said. Right, Raido said, remembering. I take it back. That counts. If you can feel your hair growing and it worries you, the medical office is staffed around the clock, Genma said, sounding faintly alarmed. Go there. Kakashi raised a hand. What's the resource for someone wishing to switch teams? Raida was honestly surprised it had taken him this long to ask. There's no switching. If you have a problem with your teammates, you come to me. If you have a problem with me, there are higher channels you can go through. I'd suggest making sure it's an actual problem first, though. Katsuko chuckled soft and just faintly evil. Kakashi stepped away from her. I think that's it, Raido said. Any questions? Comments? Blank silence greeted him. Despite the mid-morning hour, both Ryoma and Kakashi were starting to look a little weary around the edges. Katsuko looked like she wanted to say something, but held her tongue. Then welcome to Team Six, and consider yourselves initiated. Genma straightened out of his slouch and tapped his hand to his shoulder over the crimson tattoo. Captain... 
he said. Surprised but grateful, Rido nodded at him. Katsuko unfolded next, pulling herself out of the depths of the couch, and smiled when she saluted. She was his one familiar anchor in this sea of change, lean and loyal in her magpie uniform. Taicho, she said, like she was proud of him. Ryoma hesitated, then stood in an easy stretch of tall muscle, looking every inch the bright young soldier. He saluted with his bandaged hand. Sir? Kakashi weighed Raido for a silent moment, gray eye level and implacable, and then he dropped his gaze and tapped his shoulder and said nothing. Well, it was a start. This is a beautiful moment. Rido said with a crooked grin. Now get out of here, before I give you tasks. 